What up, Sea of Red? You're listening to Into the Flames, a Calgary Flames fan podcast. Your home for all things Flames and updates around the NHL. With your hosts, Raja Burry and Noah Eppleston. Into the Flames, new episodes every Sunday. Yeah, no, I'm for camping. I'm leaving on Thursday and I won't be back until like Monday afternoon. So no cell service or anything. I'm not going to be able to watch games. So I know. Wait, so you're not going to know the result of game two or three? No. So you're going to you're going to pull up back to Calgary when we're up three nothing is what I'm hearing. Like my anxiety at like the highest possible (laughs) level it could be at. Out here petitioning Sportsnet, like, yo, could you like, like play the games this week? Because like, as soon as I get one bar, I'm like opening the score app and and double checking. Like, oh my god. Anyway, so where were you when uh, Johnny scored? That's the new. Uh, that's the new thing here because unfortunately, I wasn't anywhere as fun as you. Um, I was in my bonus room upstairs with all the guys over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm pretty sure we woke up all the neighbors because we went absolutely ballistic. Oh my God. Like I learned that I have a new level of pitch. Like I know that when we record, sometimes I get a little high when I'm like pissed about something or if I'm going off on a topic, but like, dude, like I was in contention with like Ariana Grande's whistle. Like that's, that's where that, like, oh my God, like, <laughs> I just couldn't actually believe it. Like the way that Ottinger was playing and like just how solid of a brick wall he was. I really didn't think the Flames were going to win that game. As the overtime went on, I was like, there's no way the Flames are going to beat Ottinger. He's a brick wall. Like something stupid's going to slip past Marky. Yeah. And then grow from like the weirdest angle, just put it in the perfect place. And I, I like, I went crazy. I started running around my house like, oh, man, it was the best feeling ever. Dude, so for those of you who don't know, I mean, I was at the game. I copped the cheapest possible tickets I could buy for game seven, and they were, like, just under $300. And, like, section 218, row 21. So in the attack end, which is hilarious because none of our goals happened in the attack end. Of course, but um, it is what it is, right? Like the odds of that happening are just ridiculous. But like, okay, going into the game, right? The, you you could sense the both like the tension and excitement in the building. Like puck drops, everyone's amped. Like everyone is just like the, getting ready to go off. And then Jamie Ben scores forty seconds in, and the entire shadow dome went quiet i've never heard it that silent in my entire life after like dude like it was i i sat there and i was like oh my god this is not how this is starting no 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 what's going on needless to say tyler Tofoli comes and ties us up and then like 30 seconds later i don't even think it was 30 seconds like like (laughs) Yeah, I, I like just sat down. I went and I was I literally went to the washroom. So I was like, oh, this is a perfect time for a bathroom break. 
So I go, I'm like waiting at the steps so that I can wait for the whistle so I can go up to my seat. And Tyler Toffoli scores. And I'm like, fucking right. So I get to watch the goal, you know, while standing next to the really fun usher that was like, (laughs) and I'm just like, I'm sitting. It's fine. Thank you. Um, And then by the time I go and sit down, the puck drops and then Dallas makes it 2-1. And I'm like, no. This is not what's happening right now. Like, please. I after oh. that second one that Dallas got, I thought the life was just gonna get sucked right out of the flames. And that's the thing. Like, that's what we've been accustomed to. Yeah. In so many years prior, with you know, the amateur decision making from top to bottom in this organization that anything like this happens, right? It's a fold. Like I sat there and I was like, no, okay. I mean, you look at the shot differential, you look at money puck, you look at everything, you're like, you know what? No, like, this is still in the bag. And Matthew Kachuk comes in and fucking snipes that shit. What a a shot. (gasps) Dude, the second second him and Johnny just came in and went crisscross, I stood up. I was like, yeah, this is it. This is going in. And Chucky wires it. Just top, and his celly just like, oh, I'm like, you know what? Let's talk about Kachuk for a bit because a lot of people are saying that his series was obviously less than, you know, what, less than average, right? Like he wasn't Gaudreau, for example, in this series. Yeah. Um, and I have a feeling it had to had a lot to do with when he got hurt. Remember when the skate kind of chopped him in the back of the leg? Mm-hmm. After, after that incident in game three, it kind of looked like, games four, five, and six, like he was kind of like, okay, he still put up two points. Again, they were secondary assists, but like his skating ability and he was always behind the play. I was like, Hey, there's no way Kachuk isn't hurt. Like there has to be something nagging him because this isn't, this guy's a gamer. And you saw that in game seven, like just when you needed him the most, you just came in multi-point night, ties it up part of the, you know, OT winner. Like, you know, this guy's a gamer. Like the second yeah. that, you know, it, it kind of looked like his play was off. I was like, this has to be injury induced. And I'm going to say is like, thank God to Foley and Chucky hit the score sheet in the way that they hit the score sheet when we needed them the most in a game seven. Because, wow, like that was literally, that's, those guys are gamers. Like Tyler to Foley. Like the play, playoff hockey is like his bread and butter, right? Like it's, it's just, oh my God. Like, man, when Johnny scored, I literally cried. Like I literally started tearing up. Like, cause I sat there and I was like, this guy, since he's been here, he's been criticized. Oh, he's too small. He's too small. Yeah. I mean, he's good. He's just too small. Yeah. I don't like Johnny Goudreau. He's too small. The amount of criticism this guy has faced in this city since he's been here, like, all he's ever really done is work his fucking tail off to try to carry this team. When a there was a cycle of amateurism happening in the bench behind him, shit decision making from upstairs, and a team that really wasn't able to contend being built around him. Let alone yeah. let alone contention. Let alone clinch a fucking playoff spot. Yeah. Right. And like. You look at that and all the headlines these last few years, like specifically 
1920 onward. Gaudreau's got to go. We have to trade Johnny Gaudreau. He's not going to sign here, yada, yada, yada. He comes in and he says, I'm going to win this series for this team. I'm going to snipe it past Ottinger. And that's it. Like, say one more thing about me not being a playoff performer. Guy had eight points in seven games. Even even at the start of this series, he was getting criticized in games one and two for not showing up. And he finishes the series with eight points in seven games and scores your game-winning goal in overtime in game seven. Like, Kachuk, yeah, he he was pretty slow and lackluster, I'm not going to lie, in the first six games of that series. But game seven, when it mattered the most, he came out and he put on a show. He played the best game by far that he's played in the playoffs. Um, That's what we needed to see is you need your big guys to step up in big moments, right? And and that's what it is. Like, game seven, it's like he, you become a hero. Like, that's that's how your name is remembered. You come up clutch, score a goal, overtime, game seven. I don't care if you're Brett Ritchie or if you're Johnny Goudreau. You're going to be a celebrity after you pop that in, right? Yeah. Like, um, and, man, just seeing – like, everything about that night was bonkers. I – Walking in the concourse, Brady Kachuk, I ran into him. I didn't get to talk to him, but I saw him. Um, this guy's walking around with the Friendship Tour t-shirt that with his brother's face on it with the mouth. Yeah. This, is a, this is amazing. Yeah. And <laughs> the thing that was, that's amazing, too, is like, do you picture like Mark Stone coming in to watch the Flames at the Dome and starts hyping up the crowd, starts like, Chucking t-shirts at the red lot. Can you picture my, like Mark Stone or Brandon Tanev doing right. that? No. Like it's absurd. Like that just it, doesn't happen. Right. And <laughs> Brady Kachuk is the captain of another NHL franchise. And he's literally the Calgary Flames number one hype man, not counting the Gaudreau family on Twitter. This team finally won around for those kids that are like, you know, 14, 15. This is like your version of 2015, but guess what? We're actually good and we're better. Uh, the reason I make that reference is because Noah and I were 14 watching that 2015 run where we beat the Canucks and loose buck stage and scores still lives rent free in my brain. And now we have this new call from Rick talking about Johnny just putting it right past that brick wall named Jake Ottinger. And now that is like the new mic'd up moment. That is like, this is, this is the loose buck stage in scores for the kids that are, you know, now like it is. Yeah. And can I, can I just say that Markstrom, I was really impressed with him in that game seven Mm -hmm. specifically, like the whole series, obviously he was great and everybody knew he was going to be great, but in that game seven, the first two periods, he did not face a lot of work at all. And when he did, it was he gave up a couple high danger shots um, early, but he stayed in the game. Not having even Ottinger after the game came out and said, "Like I think Markstrom's job might have been harder than mine that night because he wasn't getting the same work that Ottinger was getting." Ottinger got settled in early, faced a lot of shots. Markstrom did not. I mean, the first two periods. I think he faced 
maybe 13, 14 shots. And Ottinger had faced like 45 or something like that. (laughs) Something ridiculous. For him to stay strong in that third and overtime, like that huge save on uh, Peterson walking in in the third with the blocker, it's it's a game breaker, right? Like, and and that's what that's what this is. Like your game, like for all the talk that people had, like oh, it's a fully hasn't produced in this in this series. Oh, Kachuk, Kachuk needs to spend more time, you know, not fighting and targeting Klingberg. Yada yada yada. All the headlines that were thrown out by almost everybody, both media and members of the fan base alike. The guys that you were harping on to show up in the biggest game of the fucking year, let dare I say, dare I say, biggest game of like the biggest game in franchise history post the Ginla era. That's what that game seven was. Like, yeah. if we're sitting here talking about a first round exit, that is that's damaging when you look at the upcoming summer that we've got coming up. And oh, yeah. just the way that we won, like it, it's not even it's not even the fact that we got it done, it's the way that we got it done. And I give Johnny Goudreau whatever the hell he wants this summer. Like, I like seriously, you want to sit and talk about this guy's past playoff failures. Oh, he can't carry a team. Oh, he's not a leader, he's not a leadership type role. With Tanev out in game seven, guy wore the A. He yep. walked out with the A and you already knew that was a good omen heading in. Fuck, did he look good with that A on him, too. <laughs> like, and notice how he walks out with the A, and it's the first time, like, all series, he comes out in the warm-up with his hair slicked back and not, like, the <laughs> afro. I'm like, yeah. okay, he means business. Like, here we go. And, dude, like, I mean, I, I posted a video. I posted this vlog thing showing – the environment that was game seven and it briefly it was like a four minute clip i don't think people understand that like i literally like my voice box got sent to heaven like i couldn't talk to anyone the next morning nothing yeah. coming out um <laughs> i dude god bless johnny goudreau god bless this entire team like it's Certain individuals I want to point out also that I think had an underrated series. Um, Dylan Dubé. I thought Dubé, even though he didn't produce, he was a gamer in this series, especially game seven. Um, I want to say, like, Blake Coleman, I think, had a decent series. I think he was a gamer, especially game five. The second Manjapani, Backlund, and Coleman got reunited. They, yeah, they were electric. Yeah. Like, it's, 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 Never Coleman had some great key penalty kills throughout the series too, hmm. where like he didn't give Dallas anything and he almost single-handedly carried the PK on his back. So yeah, I, I agree with you on the Coleman one for sure. I'd say Coleman. I also like is like my Michael Stone, bro. Like wow. Like, for all the jokes that people have made about this guy, oh, he got bought out, oh, whatever, so yada, yada, yada. Last two seasons, counting the shitty bubble year that, you know, I call it a bubble year because there were no fans, even though there was no bubble, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Like, Michael Stone, last two seasons, nothing but a positive impact. 
Jeez. no, yeah. And and he's had to step into some really tough situations too, is the thing. Like he didn't play a lot in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he's what ejected injected into what game five was the first one he played or game four? I wanna say game four. Yeah, and then he wasn't out of the lineup since. And I mean, like, all that guy does is shoot the puck. It touches his stick, and there's a clap bomb, like, coming your way. And I cannot wait to see Mike Smith try to deal with that. Because all these people are like, oh, I'll save it for, like, the preview kind of thing, but I want to get into that because – Yeah, man, I do too. And, like, I just want to add, like, Michael Backlund, like, like, yeah, he took some heat this season for – some for you know some of his play like objectively you look at his point totals like he was fine if you look at it that way but in terms of decision making you could look at it be like okay this this was costly don't do that again type thing um Backlund just came in and like he had a great series and it makes me very excited for what he could potentially do in round two here. Cause we know that Michael Backlund, his best. Now, how do I phrase this? The opportune moment for Michael Backlund to be at his best is when he's given a one-on-one matchup and you saw how he played McDavid this year. Yeah. Like you already know this guy's going to be ready to go starting tomorrow. No, yeah. We've seen him shut down McDavid already this year. We've mm-hmm. seen him play that one-on-one game against McDavid. Um, I I think he's going to be a gamer in this series. And I personally think that the Flames can really show the league how good of an offensive team they are playing these Oilers after having to deal with seven games of the Stars. And that's a good point. Like, I think this Dallas series – made us better because it made us work for every single inch. The score was 13 to 12 after seven games. Like you couldn't have played a tighter series with a Jake Ottinger being unbelievable and setting records for the best performance that we've seen in a playoff series since like what Dryden was this. Yeah. was a stat. I think that was, yeah, since Ken Dryden. Most saves in a single, like, game, not overtime. Mm-hmm. I think of them. Um, yeah, I, I don't even know. He set so many records. I was, like, scrolling through Instagram. <laughs> so, like, record after record. Yeah, like, the, the kid is insane. And, like, Markstrom coming in is like, you're the future. It's like, yeah, damn right. The Dallas Stars got to figure out their contract situation, the forward position a little bit. But – in net, they've got their future set. Oh, yeah. Like, like, dude, Jake Ottinger, like, the Flames Reddit page was trying to curse this guy. That's how, like, I did you, see the, did you see the fans at the intermission break that were, like, trying to, like, voodoo him behind the glass? Like, he had the fan base in shambles, for God's sake. Like, dude, I'm telling you, like, watching that overtime in person, like, live, like, I swear that took, like, eight years off my life. Like, oh, yeah. Like, the second Joe Pavelski came in and had that shot on Markstrom, I literally croaked. Like, I sat there, I was like, no, 
no, I'm not going to be in the building for another <laughs> Joe Pavelski like murder trial. Like this is not. Yeah. Marsha makes a save. And then I remember the Hannafin chance right in front of the net tries to backhands it, tries to go high. And I sat there and I was like, like I was almost praying that Sportsnet caught my reaction because I was literally sitting there like, like how did the, like what do we have to do to beat this guy? Four, yeah. <laughs> like, I, oh my god! And the, the second Johnny Goudreau put that puck in, dude, like tears, tears, tears. Like the <laughs> fact that we won, the fact that we won a series, we're finally talking about a round win, something that the Leafs should, you know hopefully learn how to do sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, uh, and we're sitting here talking about Johnny Goudreau, like our star player who's carried us for years and has received the amount of criticism that he's received. And he's the hero in all of this in a game seven overtime that brought it here. Like I literally started crying. I sat there and I was like, I, I never once ever blamed Gaudreau for anything that happens happened with this team in past years. I, like I, for me personally, I never saw, I was never on the, Oh, it's Gaudreau's fault. Oh my God. He's too small for the playoffs. Oh, look, he avoids contact. Yeah. Well, no shit. Sherlock. As you can see, this topic strikes a nerve. Um, but yeah, like I dude, like Johnny Gaudreau, man, like, Oh, and if he has another dominant, which I think he will. <laughs> if he has another dominant showing here against the Oilers, like you're sitting here talking about this guy being like Flames royalty borderline, like more than he already, like I say in most of the fan base's eyes, has been or hasn't for lack of a better division, right? Like when was the last time a fan base was this divisive over a star player in the city? It's never happened. It's never happened. Like even now, right? People still talk about, oh, Theo Fleury, like, wow, he was great. Oh, Craig Conroy. Oh, we love Craig Conroy. Oh, Martin Jelena. Oh, yeah, the series clincher. Every freaking, you know, every round out here, game winner, game winner, game winner. Guys that are entrenched in Flames history, right? Johnny Goudreau has done nothing but work his fucking ass off for a team that honestly didn't deserve to have him for the last six, seven years with the stupid ass decisions that we've been making from the top down. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you like, and I said this before this year started, like the second Daryl Sutter was hired. I said, this year is going to be different. A different personnel. Don't underestimate what Mark Giordano leaving has done to the culture in the room. Um, like I just said, like with Daryl Sutter, this is, we're going to be a threat. Like he's going to take us into it. Like he's going to turn us into a threat. Johnny Goudreau had the best regular season that I've ever seen. Right. Jerome yeah. Gilla, in general, just he, I grew up with him. He was, he's up there of course, but you take a look at everything that Goudreau has been able to do. And then to cap off the round win, which we've been waiting for, for seven years. And it's in that fashion, like, Come on, man. Like, that was – that's one of the best moments in franchise history. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't know. Like, there was t- – I like, I can't say the same as you. I can't say that I never blame Goudreau for what happened. There was a time where I, like, 
I didn't want to believe in this team. I didn't want to believe in him. I just wanted a whole brand new start. There was a time where I was there, but I look at it now and yeah, like he was our best player in that series. Him and Jacob Marstrom were great all series long. Um, and this next series is really going to prove whether like if, if we win this next series and Johnny has the performance that he had before, he could go down like top five all-time flames, all-time flame player. Like, like it, it's unbelievable how for years, all like, I'm not going to take credit for this. Obviously I'm not Eric Francis, but <laughs> um, for years I've been going around being like, okay, if this team had a real head coach, an actual depth, then I think this core with the right lines and pairings and personnel and, you know, coaching staff, et cetera, management decisions. I think this team is good. Yeah. I think this team is great. Like, yeah. I, what, like, I mean, like, wow. The difference that it makes having a Hall of Fame caliber coach who's coached the most game sevens in NHL history, and he's eight and three, just and not counting, you know, the fact that he's like on the like top seven leaderboard in like just regular season wins. Like, yeah, this guy's a Hall of Fame caliber head coach, and Daryl Sutter swoops in, mm-hmm. saves our team. It took some time. You're seeing the benefits out of it now. We were able to hang. We were able to hang with a Dallas Stars team that was unbelievably stingy. I am never. You go back, you watch our playoff preview that we did within the Dome. I am never underrating a playoff matchup ever again in my entire life. I sat there actually believing the Flames were going to work the shit out of the Stars based off of what we saw in the regular season. Here's a message to younger listeners. The regular season means fuck all when the playoffs start. It is a completely different ball game. We were able to hang with a team that played so stingy, so tight, that ridiculous trap formation they've got going on, and they executed it to a T. We played against... Literally the best goalie who had, like, the best goalie of the playoffs, like, in years. That was oh, – Yeah. Like, like, we played against RoboCop, bro. Like, like, it was like Tony Stark with Jarvis being like, analyze a shot pattern. Like, like oh, nope, not, nope, not five-hole, huh? good one. Like, nope. <laughs> like, like, it was insane. And props to Jake Ottinger, man. Wow. Like now that the dust has settled and I'm not like internally tortured, like I get, I get to look at this in a vacuum. Like, Oh my God, the Dallas stars have a future like generational netminder. If he can do half of what he did in this series for the rest of his career, like that guy deserved to win this, win that series. Like, Like, I'm sorry. He he deserves to take that one home. He put the Dallas Stars on his back through seven games like, and absolutely carried them to the f- finish line and just couldn't get past it. 
Like props to the Dallas Stars and prop to Jake Ottinger because I sure as hell do not ever want to meet him in the playoffs again. Oh, no. Like I never want to see Dallas in the postseason ever again. Like never in my life. Like you can completely miss me with that idea, please. Like I, I can't. Dude, that was torture. That was, was. literally – like that series was torture because – we had to work for every inch. Like we're sitting here talking about like, as like diehards talking about what it was like watching it. Imagine, imagine the players, they sat there every night. Like what the hell do we have to do to beat this guy? Right. And you saw the frustration on Goudreau and Lindholm um, early in the series. Well, even in the game seven, when Johnny couldn't beat him and he had that one chance in overtime on the rebound and Ottinger came across with the glove and robbed him. Like Johnny just looked to the roof and couldn't believe what the hell was going on. I just remember like Hannafin, like we talked about it. Like Hannafin goes, tries to go taught like high backhand. Just fuck. Like what do you like? Can't get it in. Like I can't get a break. Like the entire dome bro was having like a, there was 20,000 people having an anxiety attack. Yeah. Like, that building. Like it wasn't even like, it was insane. Like I, I like it. We were. It was so damn close. Like we're talking about one shot here. It was a goal difference between us and the stars. And you forget that the stars, like their core is predominantly the same core that went to the finals in the bubble, right? Like, it is we're talking about the team that beat us, beat Colorado, beat Vegas to get to Tampa. Like the fact that we even underrated them to begin with, just because they had. Like the, they were the worst team to clinch a playoff spot in the regular season. Like I'm never underestimating a playoff matchup ever again because you forget no. that it's the playoffs and that it's a different ball game. Like you can't make certain comparables, right? And yeah, dude, we won a series. We fucking did it. We did it, Fuck. and we had to work for it, and we did it in that fashion. That like you want to talk about playoff experience and the trials and tribulations about how hard it is to win in the playoffs. You're never seeing a series that close ever again. That was yeah. like, it was a game of inches, dude. Both goalies, unreal. Markstrom and Ottinger, unbelievable. Our star, like, like I want to say both teams, like again, like the goals were 13 to 12. You want to talk about like depth and how certain guys should hopefully get going here in round two, which we'll get into all that sort of thing. But like you won the series because of one more goal scored. Like that's you, you, it doesn't get any tighter than that. And we did it. We came in, we just like, dude, like 67 shots. Yeah. Unbelievable. Like, like ugh, my God, 114 shot attempts. Yeah. And ugh, we did it, dude. We did it. We won a series. Like, this and is. They, came out, they wanted it more. They threw everything they had at the Dallas Stars. And luckily, it was enough. That's. It's the greatest day to be a Flames fan was Sunday night. Like, oh, my God. It didn't even feel like a Sunday night, man. Like, I, I, I woke up the next morning. I had lectures at nine, and I was like, wait. Yesterday, <laughs> Sunday. Monday. <laughs> like, like you look at, oh man like even in general like you want to look at analytics and i know a lot of people aren't big on analytics but i am um 
you look at the expected goals for percentage of the entire series. Like, listen to this, right? Game one, 52 to 48 in favor of the Flames. Game two, 63 to 37 in favor of the Flames. And we couldn't buy a damn goal. Yeah. Game three, 51 to 49 for the Flames. Game four, 67 to 33 for the Flames. That was a dominant performance. Game five, 57 to 43 in favor of the Flames. That was carried by the third. <laughs> um, yeah. Game six, literally 50-50. Game seven, 66 to 34 in favor of the Flames. Overarchingly, the Calgary Flames wanted it more. They worked for every freaking inch. Our big boys were our big boys when we needed them the most. And I hope that they can carry that good juju heading into round two here because we're going to need them. And, dude, we did it. Like, this, we have a new call. We have a new call. It's no longer loose puck stage and scores anymore, bro. It's Johnny freaking hockey. Just, ah, let's go. Finally, after seven years, like we, yeah. we get to experience some sort of happiness. But, I mean, I'm not getting too ahead of myself yet. We still got three more rounds to play in my mind. I'm not done here. I'm not celebrating yeah. too hard. I, I want to see three more rounds. And then Stanley Cup final, you'll see me freaking like shirtless on the podcast with <laughs> flames paint on going nuts. And like, dude, like you get like just it's the fact that the bar was just a round win, which was that's already enough of a red flag, you know, for an organization. Right. And Daryl Sutter. Daryl Sutter, like, God bless that man. Like I. I already know that this guy has an absolute systemic tactic up his sleeve for how he's going to be dealing with the Oilers starting tomorrow night. And like, I, it's a, it's a complete, it's going to be a completely different series from what we just witnessed. It's going to like, it's not, not it even close. Be. It will be. It's going to be much more open. There's going to be a lot more rushes. You're not going to be playing against the same trap that you were in Dallas. It's not um, going to be two defensive teams deploying their defensive structures against each other and it being torture for seven games. Um, but, <laughs> I don't know, man. The thing is, I think the Flames have this next round, like coming off the series that we just played and the grit and grind that we had to go through to make it through that series. Um. I think the Flames are really going to show you how good of an offensive team they are coming in against Edmonton. Um, they're going to take advantage of guys like CC and Keith and Barry on the back end. Mm -hmm. And Mike Smith is nowhere near what Jake Ottinger is. So expect there to be a lot more goals this series. That's for sure. Yeah, man. I mean, you know what? We took round one, finally get to enjoy something. Work starts up again tomorrow night. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go.